When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a great revenge story all about taxes. Just trust me, we'll get into that in a bit, but first, don't mess with the wrong tenants. I moved into my apartment about two months ago and I noticed that many basic maintenance issues... For example, moldy or leaking ceilings, toilet not rooted to the ground, broken windows, pipes that leak debris, unsafe wiring, heating did not turn on, some outlets and smoke alarms didn't work, etc. that I had discussed with the broker prior to moving in had not been fixed, despite the broker's assurances that these would all be addressed before move-in. Additionally, no one had bothered to clean anything, so when I would have been unpacking and setting up my new home with my wife, I was busy on my hands and knees all day scrubbing every dirt-caked surface. Fast forward a few days, we speak once again to the broker and to the building management about the conditions, which were not fixed. They send a superintendent who does not speak any English and who disappears before fixing the issues, but not before leaving a mess. This repeats for a week until I finally call the city, who sends an inspector. Turns out the above listed conditions of the apartment are deemed illegal and the landlord is given a certain window of time, either 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days to fix each specific issue before fines begin to accrue. City inspectors keep coming back to check on the repairs. Meanwhile, a manager from the building is emailing us saying that we never gave them proper notice of the issues and is saying that we are in the wrong for calling the city. The other representatives from the management agency back her up totally ignoring all our prior conversations, many of which were in writing via email. Once I prove that we did indeed describe the issues to them, they blame me for not allowing them access to my apartment to do the repairs, which had still not been completed due to workers disappearing before the repairs were complete, as well as not showing up at agreed-upon times. Lots of angry emails go back and forth, which ultimately lead to nothing. Two months into our lease, which is about a week ago, most of the repairs had finally been completed. Turns out, however, that when city inspectors were here, they noticed that the front door does not automatically close. Apparently, that's required for fire safety reasons. I honestly don't get it, but I don't particularly care, because at this point, I am ticked. Workers were here to fix the door, while a city inspector came and told them that the door must close automatically from 30 degrees. Now, the workers don't seem to be so skilled in math and they clearly were not able to estimate what a 30 degree angle looked like. They saw that the door closed automatically from a much larger angle than 30 degrees and assumed it was okay. Tired of dealing with unreliable workers and the management in denial, I kept my knowledge to myself. After they left, I measured my door, which is 36 inches wide. If the door is opened to a 30 degree angle, the door can be viewed as a hypotenuse of a right angle triangle, with degree measures of 30, 60, and 90. Taking the sine of 30 degrees and multiplying it by the hypotenuse length thus yields the length of the opposite leg of the triangle. In other words, the door would need to self-close when the edge of the door is 18 inches away from the door frame. Did the door actually do that? Of course not. 
Now, the management believes this issue to be fixed, but next time the city shows up to inspect if it had indeed been fixed, I will show them the math and demonstrate how the door does not properly close. Fees for this issue not being remedied are accruing at a rate of $250 a day. Once the city sees that the issue still has not been fixed, the fees may escalate even more. The next phase is creating leaflets about tenants' rights, how to get the city to lower one's rent if living conditions are poor, and how to call the city inspectors to find the landlord for unaddressed maintenance issues. I have patiently waited for two months for issues to be fixed that never should have existed in the first place in an apartment that is being newly rented out. Don't treat your tenant well? Then be prepared for the full extent of the law to be applied and made fully known to all your other tenants. For all the people that live in a situation like this that may not have the time, are too stressed to really try to do anything about it, or may just not know about calling these authorities, it's such a huge thing for OP to take charge of this and not just help out themselves, but help out everybody else who, considering the way OP's been treated, probably are getting treated pretty badly by the management as well. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Coder vs. Work Perks. A while back, I worked for a small software company that used a certain health insurance provider in an attempt to give back, read, seem like a better deal while actually provided nothing for something. The insurance company offered a reward system where the company could pay some amount so employees could earn points interacting with a health website and spend those points on gift cards. The company got a discount. The insurance company got some free data, a lot of the high point earners were surveys, and supposedly the employees and their spouses got up to $250 each in gift cards. No one used the site of course, you had to log in every day, and the quick points options were limited to a pitifully low amount. High point options were in the form of surveys and they took forever to go through. They had timers on the buttons so you couldn't speed through them and they had gotcha questions to make sure you weren't just randomly clicking. Once you finished the about me section, your point options were limited. There were 30 second timers every time you earned any points, making the site feel incredibly slow and unwieldy. Mostly everyone ignored the site, except a few employees who answered surveys for fun anyway, right up until there was a big company meeting and people complained about wasting money on it. Someone asked HR how much they were paying for the site and got a KG non-answer and if they paid the same whether we used it or not, indeed the case. Even so, management was miffed that no one liked their offer of free money and chided us on wasting the opportunity. How dare we not jump through hoops to earn treats? Irritated that I was essentially losing money to a site no one wanted, I logged in after the meeting. After a bit of clicking around and getting more and more annoyed at the purposely bad website, I realized I could just write some JavaScript to click buttons for me and leave it running in the background. Same net result for me, and at least I'd be using the site, right? I started writing the script over lunch and quickly realized that the timers on the buttons could be disabled entirely with a single command. Doing that, my little script could gather all the daily points in a few seconds instead of several minutes. Ever improving, I manually went through some of the surveys, inspecting the scripts and code, and figured out that there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The gotcha questions literally had the answer coded in. So now my little script could fly through surveys too. Finally, I added some code to keep track of points earned and to not click options that were no longer available, which would use them up but not grant points and some of them were single use. I ran it for a week or so on my account, tweaking it and fixing bugs over my lunch break. Once it was stable, I decided to try it on my wife's account as yet unused. I logged in, answered the bare minimum of the required about me questions, pasted the code into the console and let it rip. In under two minutes, I'd amassed some $50 worth of points. Of course, I was quite proud of my script and showed it off to my supervisor. It turns out he had been using a similar script, but all it did was load all the possible options, so he still had to click the buttons. Running once a week or so would eventually get you all of your points. My script was far and away better, and he gleefully distributed it to anyone else that wanted it. And I incorporated his script into my own, so I could insta-click a bunch of buttons at once. It was quite a lot of fun to watch, screens popping up and just as quickly vanishing as the point total whirred upwards, a dozen buttons getting clicked and vanishing at a time. It was still January when I hit the yearly $250 point limit, along with everyone else in my office. And I'm pretty sure it got passed around the phone support crew too. I doubt the insurance company even noticed, but HR was shocked and appalled that people would lie on the internet, and the company announced that they were discontinuing the service at the end of the year. Except, it wasn't fully cancelled until the end of January, so I got a second year's worth of gift cards. Best script I ever wrote. People really do just go on the internet and lie all the time. Me, as a multi-millionaire, find that incredibly funny. Our next story is, don't wipe down the sink, I'll do it for you. I've asked my husband time and time again to please wipe the excess water from the counter surrounding the sink after he's done in the bathroom. It's usually hand washing or something, so it's clean water. I keep two good sized hand towels right next to the sink, that would be perfect for this. Nope. Instead, I come into water all over the counter most mornings when he's done in there. Well, his bath towel is also super close to the sink, so I've been using his towel to wipe it up. It's silly and he hasn't caught me doing it yet, but I'm not hiding it at all. I do make sure there's not toothpaste or something if I'm wiping up with his towel, but if he can't just wipe up the water, I'll go ahead and take care of it with his towel. I say this is totally fair game because A, not only is it clean water, B, it's literally his leftover clean water. I'm assuming they're keeping the counter otherwise pretty clean, so there's no issue here. 
Our next story is metered on ramps. Back when metered on ramps were first installed on the main highway in my town in Oregon, the interval between lights on the ramp I used daily was 15 seconds. Cars would be backed up onto the adjacent feeder streets and you could be stuck for 15 to 20 minutes on the ramp. Took a bit of research to find out that it wasn't the city or county but ODOT, Oregon Department of Transportation, that controlled them. After repeated complaints and no action, I finally got the names of the two ODOT traffic engineers responsible for setting the light intervals. I made numerous voicemails and finally had one discussion but still no fix to the issue. Well, back in the day, early 2000s, we still had phone books, and both these engineers had listed home phone numbers. I got a 4x8 piece of plywood and painted and lettered it, tired of these idiotic ramp lights? Call the ODOT engineers responsible for them, Dennis M, phone number, Bill C, phone number, and let them know what you think. I stood with it on the side of the ramp for two days, 4pm to 6pm. The next day, I get a call from one of them, don't remember which, begging me to stop. I said, fix the freaking lights. They say, you'll stop with a sign? I reply, fix the freaking lights. They say, okay. The very next day, they had a survey crew out there in the afternoon to count cars. And the day after that, the lights were reset to three seconds between cars. Bottom line, when dealing with government, until those personally responsible are held accountable in a manner that inconveniences or scares them, they will continue to abuse the public, whether from negligence, incompetence, or malice. But bring it home to them, and they will grudgingly change their ways. Man, whenever you look back at phone books, it always blows your mind because nowadays we're in such an interconnected world. Everybody has social media, everybody's reachable in one way or form almost instantly. Obviously, back when people regularly used phone books, cell phones really weren't much of a thing, so it makes sense to have some kind of hub where it's a lot easier to find people. It was kind of like the more straightforward version of looking up somebody on Facebook but just coming from the modern mindset, it's just like mind-blowing. Everybody had their full name and number in this book. Our next story is, oh, we're going to be really busy this week? Too bad y'all couldn't accommodate me. A few years back, I was working at a hotel. My job was the shuttle driver for airline crew, and I also had to load and unload their luggage. About six months into the job, my wrist started hurting from handling the loads of bricks that airline crews like to pack, I ended up having to file a worker's comp claim, but there was no one else to handle the luggage, so I struggled along for a while. I'd asked to be moved to a front desk position, but was offered laundry, which would not have been much easier on my wrist. A couple of months going to the doc appointments and getting MRIs, I finally decided I'd had enough and had a doc write me a note stating that I needed lighter duty. Yeah, I should have done that much earlier, but the boss, Beth, wasn't being helpful at all, and I knew that would be the end of my working there. In the meantime, a front desk position had opened up, which my boss promptly filled without asking me if I wanted it. I went into her office to ask about this apparent oversight and got some corporate speak in response. A bit of context, the hotel was right next to a major highway. I knew the back roads between the airport and the hotel, so traffic jams on the highway weren't a huge deal to me. When I went into the boss's office to have the above conversation, we were two days away from having the president visit the city. That meant that most traffic would come to a standstill, but airline crews still needed to get to their flights. After my boss gave me a thinly veiled, corporate-approved freak-off, I pulled the doc's note out of my pocket. I'm sorry, 
I can no longer perform the job of shuttle driver. You've offered me laundry, which won't work, and didn't want to work with me on a front desk position. Have fun in traffic on Thursday. The shocked Pikachu look on her face was priceless. She called another manager into the office to try to get me to stay. Laundry was mentioned again. Get it through your thick skull that laundry... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Laundry will not help an overuse injury on my wrist. I simply pointed to the note and said I can't do anything that will be hard on my wrist. I've asked more than once about front desk, which I'm more than capable of doing, but I guess that's not an option now that Beth filled the position. I heard later from a coworker that Beth herself had to do the shuttle runs that day. I enjoyed my day on the couch and occasionally checked to see how screwed traffic was. All I can say is, in situations like this, go to the doctor ASAP and get notes. I don't think any average paycheck is worth potentially really screwing your wrist up or any other bodily part that might be hurting. Our next story is a stupid petty revenge. So this happened many years ago, before I met my husband. My age-appropriate friends of mine in our mid-twenties used to occasionally go out. As usual, I was the designated driver. I'm not a drinker. One of my friend's much older sisters would occasionally go out. This older woman, B, is a crass, loud, obnoxious, and just all-around swindler and grifter cougar, but she always wanted to get invited, and we had no problem with it. One time, I picked up another friend of mine, B2, first, because it made sense that I didn't have to circle back. We arrive at B's apartment and called her, and B walks over to the car. She wouldn't get in the car and stood by the front passenger door. She stood there looking inside the car with her hands folded across her like a petulant child. My friend B2 rolled down her window and asked her what was wrong. She muttered something with her usual obscene language and walked into her apartment and slammed the door. B2 and I looked at each other in bewilderment. Then my phone rang and B is screaming to tell B2 to sit in the back or else she's not coming with us. Because only lowly people sit in the back seat. I drove away and left her fuming. A month later, it was my birthday and I rented a limo for a few friends to go to a restaurant. My phone rings and it was B. She was again being rude and asked me why she wasn't invited and that she had never been in one. I told her to calm down because we didn't want her to sit in the backseat because she hated it. I tried to be nice, but she was blabbering, so I hung up the phone. We were laughing like crazy. Best revenge of that moment. I thought it was going to go in the direction of they did get the limo and they told her, no, you can only sit up front next to the driver. Don't worry, front passengers wide open, go ahead. Fold up that sliding mirror in the back too, just enjoy your time back there. A good question is, does it really count as having ridden in a limo if you were only allowed to sit in the front seat? That doesn't count, right? Our next story is, I forgot to do that. I drive for rideshare, pretty sure we all know which one. While in the waiting lot, there could be hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of us. And I would say maybe three of those are female. I'm one of those females. 
So the lot can get quite interesting with a bunch of sexist men who like to come over and tell us how we're supposed to be doing things. This one guy comes over and I won't say he's a great guy, but lesser of two evil sort of deal. Tolerable enough to talk to. I'm not against men in general, just this particular crowd is not the best. We talked for a bit and he eventually asked if I want to go get some lunch with him. Sure, why not? Especially since he insisted on paying, because that's what men do, he said. He proceeds to tell me the entire time how I can't have breakfast for lunch, and I shouldn't eat carbs because I'm a woman, and I shouldn't drink soda because it's going to make me fatter, etc, etc. I barely tolerate it because I was listening to some tips and tricks from him on how to supposedly be more efficient and make more money. Spoiler alert, he was only actively working about a third of the time he claimed to be working, and put more miles on his car than he also claimed because he only did airport and will always drive back empty-handed. I saw him several days later and he literally went out and bought me an iPhone, saying it was better than my Android, claimed no strings attached. I knew that was BS and refused to get rid of my Android, but I was curious what the strings were. I kind of like to see these things long enough to see what the catch is. Next day, he starts demanding how I need to turn on tracking so that he can always see where I am. He claims it's because it's my safety, because as a woman, I could get killed doing rideshare, and therefore he wants to know where I am all the time. Obviously, I refused this. Fast forward and fast forward, and I keep missing him at the waiting lot because I was going to give him back the phone. But he's constantly texting me, giving me these tips and tricks, and tells me what days of surge but he's also berating me if I'm not working 24 hours a day and berating me for not being up at 3 in the morning and berating me for taking off one day of the week, etc. I only didn't block him because I felt obligated to return the phone. One morning, he texted me about a buddy of his who took a lot of rides down to the airport for all this businessy stuff and how he would pay $100 for the same type of trip that the rideshare would only give me about 35 for and that he always tipped well and blah blah blah. I figured hey sure, why not? Plus, he said that he couldn't do it because he was taking another buddy to the airport at the same time. So we'll be at the airport lot at the same time, which means I could finally give him back his phone and then block him. Over the next two days before the trip, He spammed the crap out of me, suddenly changing his mind about things. Oh, now his buddy needed me to be there an hour earlier. Now his buddy wanted me to have his car at a certain temperature. Now his buddy demanded that I have the car cleaned into your exterior right before picking him up. Now his buddy says that I have to buy fresh water bottles of smart water for him. Now his buddy says I have to go buy official receipt papers in order to write out the receipt so he can submit it to his business to get the money back from the rideshare. And every single time, he sends these warnings about how I better not freak it up because he would be the one blamed. Cue Petty Revenge. And this one is a two-parter. Petty Revenge Part 1. Knowing that his buddy always left for the airport about two hours prior to when he needed to be, I kept acting like I was seriously going to pick his buddy up. I didn't didn't even read all the messages asking if I was on my way and why it was late and that I hadn't shown up, etc. While I knew his buddy probably didn't deserve that, I knew that this jerk would get blamed because he was the one responsible for the ride. I also knew his buddy had plenty of time to call for another ride and still make his plane, so a minor inconvenience at most. I left the original jerk unblocked just because I was dying of laughter of all the panic he was going through. It was like the stages of grief, 
from depression to anger and it was bargaining in there and pleading in disbelief thinking I was just joking and I was actually there and all this stuff. Petty Revenge Part 2 Did you forget I still had his super expensive iPhone? Here's the even better part. I don't know why, but for some reason his iPhone account was under his mother's name. So while he apparently could buy new phones, he couldn't exchange or change anything on the account. I knew this because he had lost his old iPhone and he wasn't able to redeem the warranty or whatever it was. His mother, by the way, was not quite all there in the head and was unable to leave the house and go with him. I don't know all the details of how the whole iPhone thing account works, but I know it was under his mother's name. So I went to an Apple store a couple of towns away when I was over there and I claimed that I'd found this lost iPhone. I told them I didn't know who it belonged to. They said no problem, they would contact the owner. Except here's just the cherry on top of the icing. The only phone number registered for the lost or whatever was the one on the phone that the guy had previously lost. He never added the new phone numbers. Even though you think Apple would have automatically done so, because he wasn't allowed to without his mother being there. This is why he had to create a whole new Apple ID, because he couldn't get his back, because Apple could only verify the account and information from the original phone number from the phone he didn't have in the first place. I even asked the person at the Apple store what would happen if the only phone number on the account for contact wasn't usable or accessible. He assured me that as long as the account owner came in, then they could look up the account and find the phone for them. Just to double make sure, I asked, what if the account holder's relative, or husband or wife came in? They said only if they were on the account. He wasn't. This was about two years ago, and I bet he still never got his phone back. Yeah, that thing by now inevitably got cleaned up, spruced up, and sold for the top dollar they possibly could by now. I'm assuming you can't just like reset a phone like that considering it's signed up with that account. I'm assuming you need to have like some kind of verification to reset it maybe. But I feel like at that point after all you went through, I would have been trying to find any way possible to just keep that phone as the price of doing business. Our next story is I'm in taxes, not miracles. Back in 2012, I, male 29, was working in France in the taxes office. One day, as I manned the front desk, came in a couple, female, 20 to 25 or something, and entitled man, same age or less. Entitled man came straight to my desk, ranting, fuming, pesting and cursing. Apparently we were stupid, lazy, incompetent, blah blah blah, curse curse curse, etc. His problem was that he made the taxes return forms for his wife and him, and we still put them, the offense, in separate files and tax forms. I try to stay calm, not the first jerk or ticked off guy I received in my life, and check their files. For the missus, everything except the wedding and joint account is fine. For the mister, uh, hum, <laughs> it appears you're officially dead, sir. Guess why? The missus couldn't marry a zombie. So, entitled man didn't take it well. Curse, insults, etc. on the state, the administration, the office, my colleagues, my family and me. Wanna be a jerk? Let me show you how I can be the king of the jerks. I stood and made my speech so all could hear. Blame yourself, I keep professional discretion at all time. Shout your problems to the world? I don't need to do it anymore. Sir, you made your taxes return forms online for you and your wife. 
That's a form that's automatically transformed by the computers to establish your tax income paper without any intervention from my colleagues and me. A way to spend less on the human fees. You made a mistake and said you were deceased with a huge grin. You just explained to me you weren't. And I can assure you, my colleagues and me will do our utmost to correct the situation as fast as possible. But I'm sorry to inform you there's a copyright by the Christians and the Catholics. It will take the tax office some months to correct the situation. If you want to do it in three days, go to Lourdes, a holy place in town not far from where we were at the time. The whole crowd who started like always on the side of the person against the tax office shifted its support mid-story when they realized the guy stated he was dead. By then, they were laughing without hiding themselves, whatever religions they had. Even the Muslim people understood the joke and laughed. The guy was ticked, off the charts, and he could do nothing against me. He ended up leaving after I took their information to make them come back in an interview. Trust me, sir, we will be contacting our nearest priest. We will have a shipment of holy water delivered as soon as possible. Trust me when I say we will be doing our best to try to resurrect your tax situation. This next story is, I won't wait for immigrants and colonies, how to receive racist old ladies. Back in 2011, I had an entitled and racist old woman at work once. I, 28-year-old male at the time, worked in France, tax office, still am. We could receive any kind of people, be it national or foreigners. It was a slow day and I was alone at the desk. Three men in front of me, first black, second Asian, third Arabic. That female, 60-ish, old white fonts frog rushed in, skipped the line and asked to pass first as she was French of Clovis. Clovis was historically France's first king. You can see the pure blood logic she agreed to. I politely informed her all people were equals and she couldn't skip the line. She refused and insisted she was entitled to pass first. I let her stay right next to the line and ignored her completely. I then started to talk with the black guy in our native language. We were both from Reunion Island. It's like Hawaii for the US. Legally part of the mainland, like other regions. Official language French, same currency etc. But like many regions it had a local native language. Reunion Creole. Don't mix it up with other Creole. Each is different depending on its origin. The black dude was so happy to participate in the public shaming of that old hag. The Arabic and Chinese guys were at the back laughing. We all took our sweet time to do our business, and then it was finally her turn. After, I welcomed her like it was our first interaction, and as if nothing bad had ever happened between us, still showing my bright and happy jerk face. Honestly, I'm so happy that OP just did not entertain this lady here. So many times I've heard stories of people who would go and cut the line, and the workers would shake their heads or act like, I don't get paid enough to deal with this, and just help them anyways. I love hearing a story where she's just left there to look like an idiot standing at the front of the line. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.